Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Renegade, Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome. That's right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from all ages. My name is EG the Urban Scholar, and you have reached Renegade Talk Las Vegas. And you're in for one of those interesting conversations. I'm back, let's go. Natural disasters, all these emotional rappers. Master of my own fate, and I own my own masters. Don't let this smooth taste fool you. When I bust, I school you. They throw rocks and hide behind the computer. It's yellow tape and white chalk when I'm on the beat. Yeah, you rich, but your talk is cheap. Never see me trying to walk with sheep. I'm so famous, can't even cough in peace. Your alter ego is Maltese. I was waiting for Auntie Punk and release. You niggas crying over spill milk. Probably welcome, welcome, welcome. Again, as we come down, and I come down, feel so good to be alive. Oh, man, 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 man. Yes, you know how we do it here on Renegade Talk Las Vegas. My name is EG the Urban Scholar once again, and I'm going to be one of those shows. We're going to get into some tax talk. We're going to get into a few list of things. I know you've been waiting. I'm up. Let's go. Oh, yeah. A lot of things to be thankful for A wife and three kids I may make it for Never get the credit that I deserve I don't know if you well, hear well, well. Thank you so much, Linda Music Mike, the beautiful staff I don't know what I would do without you I swear, well Yeah, I know I've been going a little hiatus But you know, I'm always back I'm Trying to take care of a few things And I hope you all been listening to that Sky Pilot Radio The Heat also the classic station with some good old soul from the 60s to the 90s. And man, wow, what else? What else do we have going on? Oh yeah, I forgot, I'm a DJ now. <laughs> some good old time next week. I'm gonna, you know, maybe drop a number or two, a website. We're just all still getting together. You know how we do it here on Renegade Talk. Where are we going today? Music Mike, he's looking at me. I'm looking at him. Stand off now. But, well, New York, California, what about New York and California? Are we talking about those high-ass taxes? Yes, yes, yes. We all knew there could only be a few places. What is it? New York, California, Jersey? Uh, just to name a few? The tax is so high. Oh, my God. Come on now. California, one bedroom? How much? What? Uh, a house? Who, who said anything about a house? Did you own it since the 50s, 60s? If you haven't, I'm sorry. But you... Uh, what? Who are you? Are you a celebrity? <laughs> Let's be honest here. Those has well, the cap on state and local tax deductions has already begun to drive some residents away from the high tax states like New York and New Jersey. But experts say that the trend is only going to intensify. Wow, what did he say? Intensify, Renegade Nation. Music Mike, are you here with me? Whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So that means the tax that we pay now, and crucified by how much? How much, Music Mike? How much? Well, it took a few months for taxpayers to realize the dollar implications until they actually feel their tax returns this year. Well, Alan Goldenberg, a principal at Friedman 
LLP told Fox Business that it quantified the impact of the loss of the SALT deductions, which is the, the state and the local tax deductions, when people saw it in front of their eyes on their tax return. Wow, man. Tax Cuts and Job Act introduced a number of reforms, including the notorious $10,000 cap and local tax deductions which has caused Americans to look into establishing legal and primary residence in states where they can limit their liabilities. Hmm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So are you telling me that people are actually, what, maybe going to another state and claiming residency, but still keeping their house over there in California so they won't have, hold on now. Well, since the implication of the law, Gutenberg, said he was certainly had some clients relocate. Typically, these are individuals that have second homes in states with a more favor favorable tax climate, like Florida, along with wealthy people and individuals whose jobs do not require them to be tied to a specific location. Are you following me here, Renegade Nation? Well, that latter category can include people in the service industry or consults. States that some Americans have already begun leaving are Florida, Texas, and Nevada. Whoa, wait, see, this is why I say Nevada. Oh my God, Ooh, I tell you. All three of which have no individual income tax. Yeah, that's right, we don't, income tax, what is that? <laughs> well, Goldenberg expects to see more and more taxpayers looking to move in the wake of this year's tax season which remains ongoing for those who filed for a six-month extension. Some businesses who are looking to move, those that have other locations in places like Dallas and Houston, can more easily relocate. Gutenberg said, but it is difficult for a large company with hundreds of employees to shift its main operations elsewhere. Some higher states like New York have looked into workarounds in order to limit the impact and the stem of the potential revenue loss. However, the Treasury Department officially squashed one of the more popular options last week, which could also contribute to out-migration. Hmm. Well, as previously reported by Fox Business, while Florida received more movers than any other state, as in last year, New York's outflows to the Sunshine State were the highest, which was 63,772 people. Whoa. New York had the third largest outflows of any state, which was 452,000. People moving out within the last past year. California, another high-tax state, had the largest outflow of domestic residents, which the highest proportion of people were headed to Texas, Arizona, and Washington. Wow. <laughs> wow. Are you seriously kidding me? So we have 452 people that are moving from New York as of last year. Okay, Renegade Nation, let's just get into it for one brief second because I got a lot to talk about today. Well, how do you feel about taxes, really, honestly? Let's be honest here, Renegade Nation. Taxes, is that something that you like? Everybody tries and has little, let's just say, implications and little strategies that they try to I guess we could say, what, is it safe to say, try to cheat taxes? Well, I guess there's no really way to cheat taxes because the IRS, all their numbers are official and they pretty much know what you're doing. 
<laughs> especially when you actually work for a very long time, they watch you, especially when you make a certain amount of money, which puts you in a certain tax bracket. And yes, I'm so sorry, but a lot of, well, really most Americans, let's just be honest here, they're in a certain tax bracket. The main thing that I always wanted to know and ask that big tax bracket so far as the celebrity status. Ooh, when you make $100 million, what is your tax return? Hmm, wait a minute, you actually have to owe? Um, <laughs> I tell you, you make the money, but then you actually owe more? Come on now, just to pay some police that are probably gonna kill you eventually. And think about it, they're using your own tax money to pay somebody that is gonna kill you. No, <laughs> I'm just joking, but uh, all police are not your friends, but some of them are. Hey, at the end of the day, when you're trying to make it, pay your taxes, it's wild. My name is EG the Urban Scholar, and there's definitely more. We got a fun field show. I'm just glad to be back. Thank you, Music Mike, Linda. Let's get into it. Oh, yeah. Galaxy, we keep it straight, or we'll go the spot. Banging snatch chains in the parking lot. Don't matter, it still be fine, hold together. Pick about the thickest bitch and I got to have her. It's routine, the cool clean, let's hit the show. You know we all fucking once they glitch the post. With the satin in my hand, pack the gat on my lap. Cause it's hating when you're skating in your pockets. Blunt, do you like to be blunt? Absolutely. We don't sugarcoat shit. Listen Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 noon. Pacific Standard Time. You'll hear things you've never heard before. Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Las Vegas. Welcome back. Oh, yeah. Let's go. You ready? Oh, yeah. Half a million on the necklace. Irish nigga with success. Say she want to feel special. What? It make her feel special. Oh, yeah. I kind of hunted a battle. Back in 200 a battle. Oh, yeah. I might go put all my chains on. Welcome. I change up the world to change. I prefer to put the world on the trip. I make the bitch take a challenge. Yeah. This is Nutella. She's probably the world. Can I get a different belt? That's right, that's right. Welcome back. Thank you, Linda. Always. Always high. Uh oh, okay. You ain't done? Oh, 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 oh. Well, well, well. That's right, that's right. You have rich. You have. Came back. You came back. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, that's right. You have reached Renegade Talk Las Vegas. The way that EG does it. Like nobody else. Thank you so much, Linda. Thank you so much, Music Mike. Well groomed oil team. Just to listen to me. Listen to Carl Higby. Renegade Richie. Patty Cakes. David Knight. And a list of many, many more. Keep checking that site too. It's definitely some hard-hitting shows. Well, 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 that's right. Man, we're talking about Music Mike. The Border Patrol wants robots that can go underground. What? And report back? Are they talking about trying to stop the so-called border wars? And are we seeing this right before our eyes? Okay, so what's going on? Well, as they say here, the Border Patrol wants robots that can go underground and report back. Hmm. Well, Customs and Border Protection uses technology to scan faces, probe vehicles, and keep a watchful eye on the border. From the skies above, the agency, with help from Homeland Security, Science and Technology, also is looking to send robots into underground tunnels and other places where its sensors can't communicate. 
the Science and Technology released a request for information Monday to get a sense of the market for robotic communication technology. Specifically, the agency is looking for off-the-shelf technology that can capture and transmit data, including photos and videos, and map hard-to-reach places. Well, <laughs> oh man, here we go, here we go. Well, DHS, well, DHS and SAT is interested in evaluating robotic communication capabilities to characterize its underground structures, which consists of threats and obstacles along the U.S. southern border, according to the RFI. These environments range in size and shape, but are all characterized by lack of GPS signal, short distances, less than 50 meters, line of sight, and a variety of building materials. Hmm, so they basically want to create this new technology so they can actually skim through better, through the hard-to-reach border, through those tunnels and traps that people are supposedly hiding in and passing through. Well, the agency is looking for solutions that can cover the 14 technical areas. Hmm, pretty interesting. Well, navigation and localization and GPS absent environments. Hmm, so far as what? Robotic and mobile? Well, a funding will be provided to advance the technologies. Officials are looking for solutions that are past the development stage ready for field trials. The agency plans to hold a demonstration and evaluation exercise August 5th through the 10th in Arizona. Invites to the event will be set based on responses to the RFI which are due by 5 p.m. July 17th. The officers will be accepting questions through 5 p.m. on July 10th. Well, based on performances during the demo session, Homeland Security experts to award and research and development achievements. Hmm, well, <laughs> that is a mouthful of itself. Huh, is this really what America has time to really just spend money why are they so i mean they're so worried about the border and the quote unquote illegals coming in let's just call it for what it is illegal immigrants whatever to be politically correct come on now let's do we are we ever sometimes but you know well anyway basically what i'm saying is you have these robots that are pretty much from what i just read and what i read i maybe did the story a few months ago, I remember a little bit, but you have these robots which are basically mapping and molding a visualization of the operating environment. So basically they go into, let's just say a forest and they scan actually the whole forest and it kind of breaks down the whole terrain. So far as voices, yeah, so far as if it's any type of voices that it actually hears, it's actually going to you. But from the research, it looks like they just actually are sending very expensive robots to try to guard that border. Just so, in my opinion, they won't have to have as many crooked border patrol agents, as I would like to call them, over there. And that, come on now, let's be for real. Renegade Nation, Renegade Nation. Can we just, let me just go in for one second, okay? So, it seems like they've been doing these robot type of situations since about 2017, 2016. That's just 
for what's actually going on paper. Who knows how long they've been actually doing this. So with that being said, they want to catch these illegal immigrants. I guess tone down some of the actual officials that are being, that are basically taking these bribes to let illegals in. Let's, we all know how it goes. Renegade Nation, you understand where I'm going here. It's just about who would say it. And how do you really feel? Sometimes, I'm just gonna be honest, I don't really care, you know? You have to live your life. A person coming to this country that from what we see, and I know you've seen it too, from what's going on over there, hey, if you can get here, I'm not saying do it illegally, but if you can get here, do it legally. But sometimes that's not always the case because of the money and they make it so hard for you to do it. Can we really come up with some type of program or organization that really works and helps? I know it's a lot of them out there. I'm not saying there's none out there, but let's just be honest here. If they really helped, we wouldn't have this problem with illegal people in our country. And it would not affect us in such a catastrophic and just outrageous way that it's killing our economy. Because none of the taxes, as we go back to those taxes, it goes back to that. So now, these other states, because you see, they say this is not really what it is, but hey, I think this is what it is. Let's just call it for what it is. So these other states with these high, super high taxes, maybe that can make up for what the illegals are taking from us. If you kind of understand where I'm going here, Renegade Nation. Maybe that just might make up a few things. But you and I both know it won't make up everything. Because as we see here, we see how just in a matter of a few years, Trump came and pointed this out. Even though we all knew it, he just felt as though if he stops this situation, that it will actually help the country. Which do I agree? Uh, maybe a little bit. Is this really going to affect us? But the thing is, we'll really stop. That's my whole thing. Never probably. Come on now. <laughs> well, my name is EG the Urban Scholar. I got a lot to go. We're not done. Let's go. There's more. What we're going next music mic. Something about what? Ah, we'll get back to it. Who knows? Let's go. Oh yeah. You mad or you jealous? You sad or you settle? The brighter the rainbow, the better the weather. The good with the bad, but the better the better. Bring my sand to the beach, nigga, and to the desert. We fell from the heavens, we landed like feathers. The rose and the rebel, keep your nose out of pedals. Your hoes know my guess. Stop shock radio. The station that shocks you. Renegade Talk Radio. That's right. Haven't went too far. Oh, Linda, I love that. It's classic. Yeah. You are listening to Renegade Talk yeah. Las Vegas. My name is EG the Urban Scholar. Villas back, flow bananas here, peel this back. And what you'll find is your highness could paint a picture that's vivid enough to kill Carolina's finest. You knew that already. In terms of the greatest, I proved that already. And if you would like, I'd do it twice. I just sharpened my blade for a minute, became lost in my ways. This for my niggas that was tossed in the grave. Every so often I fade deep in my thoughts and then get lost in the days we used to play before your coffin was made. 
Just got the call, nigga got caught with a straight. Hope he's okay. Yeah. Just got paid for the free. Oh, Lynn, how did you know that? How did you know I was one of my favorites? <laughs> well, well, well. If you touching down again, thank you so much for listening. Yes, 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 yes. Again, my name is EG, the Urban Scholar. And we're winding on down, winding on down. Where are we going, Music Mike? Just been all over the place. You don't know where you have me going. I don't know. Can we say this? <laughs> Can we say this next? Okay, we got a shock value. Hold on. Just let me build it up. I'll be right back. You ain't too low. You ain't too low. What's the price for a black man life? I check the toe tag. Not one zero in sight. I turn the TV on. Not one hero in sight. Unless he dribble or he fiddle Hard with mics. Look out the window because tonight oh, is too much for him, with lights, cameras, and That's too much for him, Linda. That ain't ready for all that. That's too much, man. That's just too much. Well, well, well. Moving right along. A gay first lady. Hmm. Wait a minute. A gay first lady? Well, who? What? When? What? A gay first lady. I said it. I'm going to say it again. A gay first lady. Yes. We have already had one. What? Are you telling me we already had a gay first lady? Hmm. I knew about a gay president, but that's neither here nor there. But hey, a gay first lady? Well, you ask what? Who? When? Yeah, that's right. In the good old summer of 1910, Evan Gayle or Evan Gayle yeah. Evan Gayle is that her name? Am I saying that right? You know, I'm horrible with some names. We're just going to say, yeah. Evan Gayle Simpson Whipple. Evan Gayle Simpson Whipple. <laughs> Who even is that? <laughs> oh, she told the caretaker of her home not to move anything in her absence. Well, the wealthy widow was going on a trip, but would be back soon, she said. She never returned. When she died in 1930, she was buried at her request in Italy next to the love of her life, a woman with whom she had a relationship that spanned nearly 30 years. 30 years. That woman was Rose Cleveland. Do your research. Look up all this. I'm not lying. You know, EG brings it to you raw. Hey, these stories are crazy. Hey, I'm just, I just give it to you. Well, her name was Rose Cleveland had served as first lady. <laughs> what? The letters preserved by the caretaker at Simpson's Minnesota home are collected in a new book called Precious and Adored. The love letters of Rose Cleveland and Evangeline Simpson Whipple. Am I saying that right? Evangel, Evangel, it doesn't matter. Well, and make clear that they were more than just friends. Hmm, more than just friends. What, back in 1910? <laughs> Who am I kidding? It's been going on since the beginning of time. Let's be honest here. Well, 1910, I bet you. <laughs> oh, it's been funny to see some. I don't want to get into that side. <laughs> well, when Grover Cleveland took office in 1885, he was a 50-year-old bachelor. In fact, that almost derailed his campaign when rumors spread that he had fathered a child out of wedlock. Whoa protocol for an unmarried or widow president called for a female relative to fill the role of first lady and step his sister Rose. Hmm. I didn't know that. You find out something interesting every day. Every single day. So you're telling me right now, I wonder, I'm about to look that up. If you don't have a first lady and you actually become the president, that means a relative will have to fill in for your role? 
So that means you're actually going to have to, with your sister, your cousin. I mean, whoa, that right there is a lot of a gray area. That's kind of scary right there. <laughs> well, she was seen as an important counterbalance to his brother's scandalous baggage. She was respectable, well-educated, also a former teacher at a women's seminar and the author of serious books. Her term as first lady, however, was a mixed bag. According to the National First Lady's Library, her book of essays, George Elotit's poetry, became a bestseller based on her fame. Frustrated with her public scrutiny of her necklines and a ban on her going to private dinners or public markets. 14 months in rows was relieved of her duties when the president married his 21-year-old Francis Flomos. Rose returned to her family estate nicknamed The Weeds in upstate New York. Rose met Evangeline Simpson in the winter of 1889, less than a year after her brother left office for the first time. Cleveland is the only two-term president not to have served his terms consecutively. They probably met in Florida where both spent season making the rounds among the nation's wealthy families. Rose was 43 and never married. Evangeline was probably 33 and had an inherited fortune from her late husband nearly five decades to her senior. Wow. <laughs> the love letters began in April 1890. Once the, once the two returned to their respective homes, Evangeline lived in Massachusetts. Rose writes, as I quote from Rose, some of her letters. We're not going to get into too much, but we're going to just get into this a little bit. You are mine and I'm yours and we are one and our lives are one. Henceforth, please God, who can alone separate us? I am bold to say this, to pray and to live it. I am too bold. Eve, tell me, I shall go to bed, Eve, with your letters under my pillow because only Rose's letters survive. We know little of how Evangel Lyon responded. But on a few occasions, Rose quotes Abigail Lyons' letters in her own, as I quote, Oh darling, come to me this night, my clevy, my Viking, my, these other words I cannot say because they blacked them out because, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. Come, God bless thee. Whew. Rose replies, your Viking kisses you. Whoa. And these pictures, I can't make this up. <laughs> they look pretty butchy to me. I'm sorry. Did I say I'm sorry? I'm just going to be honest here. Did you see these pictures from 1893? I mean, they look, I can tell. Yeah, I see it. Well, Rose struggled to name their relationship. I cannot find the words to talk about it. The right word will not be spoken. Indeed, there was not a word for the same sex relationship between women at the time. The word lesbian existed, but only in reference to the Greek. Sepharo. Hey, that's crazy. You see how they take certain words and make them mean something else? That, that's crazy. So the word lesbians wasn't... Ah, man, this is crazy. Well, this was before there was a sexual concept of sexual orientations the way that we know it today. As I quote from Lindsay Earnhardt, co-editor of the book, that was really being inventive right at the time they were writing letters in the 1890s because that's when sexology as 
a field gets going. Hmm. Yeah, right, okay. 1890s, sexology, the actual field. Okay, I kind of see that. The conception of a romantic friendship was popular among women of this day, which were emotionally and intelligently intimate friendship throughout not necessarily sexual. That created a sort of bubble of freedom among women, particularly wealthy white women, to have more or open to have more or less open relationships with each other, she said. Whoa, <laughs> man, this is a lot. So you're telling me in 1893, we have the first lady at the time, and she actually has a sexual relationship with this Abigail line character? <laughs> oh, man. Well, over the next nine years, Rose and Abigail line's letters took on a new character. Away from the wild and sometimes obsessive passion of the early love that they showed. Abigail Line continued to live in Minnesota, but the extended stays at each other's homes resumed. By 1909, Rose was in her mid-60s and getting a little tired of back-and-forth arrangement. I, I quote, I need you in life. It's not long enough to always wait, she told Abigail Line. That next year, Abigail Lyons' brother became seriously ill while living in Italy. She and Rose rushed to his side, sharing a cabin on the ship across the Atlantic. Whoa. Do you see how this is, this is getting crazy? This is <laughs> love story. This is crazy because it's so old in a day and age where you just, wow. I'm not to say, of course, it existed, but, you know, just to have it actually black and white like this is Man, 1893 through 1906. We're talking about the early 1900s where like sexuality was like you had to be clothed if you showed a piece of skin. Come on now. Even after his death, two years later, Rose and Eveline continued living together, finally as true partners in the Tuscany village of Bagada Loco. I guess that's in Italy, I think. Yes, it's in Italy. As I quote, I do think they were associated with Italy a kind of romantic idea of freedom to love, freedom to have a relationship without people getting in your business. Hmm. When World War I started in 1914, Rose and Eveline not only stayed in Luca, but they also organized and funded relief efforts, particularly for refugees who flooded into Tuscany in 1917. Hmm. Then the Spanish flu struck while Tending to a sick friend, Rose caught the virus. She died on November 22nd, 1918, at the age of 72. Eveline wrote to Bishop Whipple's daughter of her devastation. As I quote, the light has gone out for me. The loss of this noble and great soul is a blow that I shall never recover from. Eveline lived for 12 more years. She wrote a book about Tuscany and dedicated it to Rose. She died from kidney failure in London in 1930. Wow. Well, in 1969, a descendant of Bishop Whipples donated a collection of family papers to the Minnesota Historical Society. It is doubtful she knew the full contents of the box she gave away. When the staff discovered the love letters, a memo warned that some of the letters strongly suggest that the lesbian relationship existed between the two women and should be hidden from the public. Do you see that? Do you know why? Hmm, let's take a second. Do you know why, Renegade Nation? How have you been following me? This story is deep. This is some crazy stuff. 
So they tried to keep it from the public because that would have necessarily pushed that issue of the whole lesbian free freedom at a time in 1969 that if you probably pushed that, it would be, I'm pretty sure, a lot more lesbians today. Let's just be honest here. 1969, the whole Freedom of Love summer, wasn't that like a few years before that? Come on now. I know where I'm going here, Renegade Nation. Do you know where I'm going? Have you been following me? <sighs> I'll tell you. Well, that ban was lifted following complaints in 1978. Historians have mentioned the letters over the years, but a complete collection of the letters had never been published until now. <laughs> well, well, well. Man, man, man. I tell you. So, Renegade Nation, how do you feel about this? Gay first lady, back in the day, when nobody would even question or even knew what that was. Two women in a relationship in 1893 to, what was it, 1917? Is that correct? Yeah, that's a hell of a long time. Let's just be honest here. Back then, I can imagine what would have happened if they actually got caught. <sighs> caught doing what? You say their relationship, not caught doing, oh, Music Mike, you was crazy, man. <laughs> Well, with that being said, <laughs> my name is E.G. the Urban Scholar, and it's always a pleasure. Just don't listen to me. Listen to the whole Renegade Factor Nation. Ah, it's been fun. Stay tuned. Check out some of those old, new shows. It's always fun here. Hope you enjoy me. You know where I'm going. Those two words, I'm gone. And I never did this before, no. And I never did this before, no. And I never did this before.